Welcome to Northgate Christian Fellowship's weekly message series. And now, here is Senior Pastor Ken Jensen. Uh, this Christmas, my wife and I went to see a movie, um, Les Mis. Anybody else see that movie? If you have not seen this movie, I highly, highly recommend it. It is a powerful, moving story, and it's, it's done beautifully, but it's just, it is so powerful. And it is so powerful, in fact, you may not believe this, but I got a little choked up. Yeah, it's that powerful that I actually, I think I may have actually shed a tear or two. Yeah, believe it or not. It is just, it is a powerful story. If you don't know the story, I don't want to, spoiler alert, okay? I don't want to ruin it all for you. But the essence of the story is grace. It is about a man, a hardened criminal named Jean Valjean, who is shown grace and it transforms his life. And the rest of the story is how he learns to live in grace. And, and, and there's, there's, a, there's an antagonist in the story. His name is Javert. Javert is a, is a policeman, um, and, and he will not let Jean Valjean live in grace because it's about the law, and you got to be upstanding, you got to do right, and if you've done wrong, you got to be punished, and on and on and on and on. And the whole story is this Javert pursuing Jean Valjean, not wanting him to live in grace. And, and it is so powerful, and Javert can't handle it. <laughs> He doesn't know how to handle grace. And, and that's what makes this movie so powerful. It's make the story so powerful. It's all about grace. And you don't have to be a Christ follower to be moved by grace. You don't even have to be religious to be moved by grace. Because grace is one of those things that every one of us in this room is desperately in need of. And when somebody shows us in some small way through forgiveness or some other way, shows us a measure of grace, it's powerful. Grace is what, what offers us forgiveness. Grace, grace is what gives us hope. Grace can transform lives. And grace is at the heart of why we exist as a church. When I, when I discovered the power of grace, it changed my life. I grew up in the church. I learned all the right moves. I knew all the right answers. I had it all worked out. But I didn't understand grace. And I thought it was my job, since I was so straightened out, to go straighten out everybody else. Because I didn't know grace. And when I discovered grace, it changed who I am. Changed how I looked at people. It changed the way I do ministry as a pastor. It's that powerful. And this morning, we're going to be looking at one of the stories of Jesus that is an incredible an incredible story that gives us an idea of what grace is all about. In fact, if you're here and this is your first time at Northgate or you're fairly new to Northgate, these next two weeks, today and next week, are, are going to give you the clearest picture I can possibly give you of what we are about as a church. Because foundational to who we are and what we do and why we exist is this message of grace. And Jesus told it beautifully in a story. It's in, it's in um, the book of Luke, chapter Chapter 14, and let me just read to you the story. A little bit of a setup. Jesus tells the story in the middle of a dinner party. He's been invited to a dinner party at the home of a Pharisee, and there's all these other Pharisees are all gathered around, and, um, and in the middle of this, someone says these words. 
Someone at the table said to Jesus, Blessed is the one who will eat in the feast of the kingdom of God. Jesus replied, Out of left field, this story. A certain man was preparing a great banquet and invited many guests. At the time of the banquet, he sent his servant to tell those who had been invited, Come, for everything is now ready. But they all alike began to make excuses. The first said, I've just bought a field, and I must go and see it. Please excuse me. Another said, I've just bought five yoke of oxen, and I'm on my way to try them out. Please excuse me. Still another said, I just got married, so I can't come. I'm not even going to touch that. <clears throat> the servant came back and reported this to his master. Then the owner of the house became angry and ordered his servant, go out quickly into the streets and alleys of town and bring in the poor, the crippled, the blind, and the lame. Sir, the servant said, what you ordered now has been done, but there's still room. Then the master told the servant, go out into the roads and country lanes and compel them to come in so that my house will be full. I tell you, not one of those who were invited will ever get a taste of my banquet. This is a picture that Jesus is giving us of the kingdom of God. And it's a picture of grace. And it takes a little bit of explanation. So I kind of want to unpack it a little bit this morning and just give you at the heart, this is what grace is all about. This is what you need to understand. If you're ever going to understand grace, here's what you need to understand. The message of grace is everybody matters to God. Everybody matters to God. You read this story, and the only thing this host really, really cares about is that his house is full for the party. You see it from the beginning of the story to the very, very end. What he's most concerned about is that there's as many people as possible get into this banquet it starts at the beginning. It says a certain man was preparing a great banquet and invited many guests. He invited as many people as he could. And then when some of those who had been invited ended up turning him down, he, at the very end of the story, he says, go out into the roads and the country lanes and compel them to come in so that my house will be full. The one thing that he cares about more than anything else is that nobody misses out on this party. He is giving us a glimpse into the, God, heart, the heart of God. That in God's heart and in God's eyes everybody matters everybody matters because what matters most to him is that his house is full and it doesn't matter to him who fills it up <laughs> it's just that his house is full that God is so inclusive that he wants everybody to get in on the party If you read a little bit ahead in the story, or actually before this story, and, and you have been doing the reading, you kind of know the setting of this. It happens not just in the home of a Pharisee, but we're told specifically in the home of a prominent Pharisee. This is like the, the VIP of the Pharisees and all these other important dignitaries, all these important Pharisees and teachers of the law. That's who has come to this party. It's all the important people. In fact, you read in it, and, and what's happening is they're all kind of jockeying for position to see who gets the seat of honor. They're all trying to figure out who's more important than who. And in the middle of this and all this confusion and everybody kind of jockeying for the place at the table of honor, in comes somebody who's an uninvited guest. Not only is he an uninvited guest, he's dirty. He doesn't really belong there. 
Somehow, if, if he just kind of snuck in the door and ended up right in front of Jesus, or he's just kind of standing at the doorway, somehow this guy got into this party, and he's not an invited guest because he's not an important person. And in fact, not only is he unimportant and not only is he dirty, he's, he's ill. He is suffering from an edema. It's, it's, it's a swelling of the body that is incredibly painful and actually very unattractive. Just parts of the body just swell up. And in fact, so much so that actually if, if you push and, and on that swollen apart, the dimple from your finger will still stay there. It's an incredibly pow- uh, painful, it's an incredibly um, uh, unattractive, and it's actually very dangerous. And this guy's been suffering from it from all this time. And this party is taking place on a Sabbath day. And when Jesus looks around, he's, he's looking to see, if does anybody pay attention to this guy? Is anybody giving him the time? To, is anybody noticing that there's somebody here who has a hurt? Somebody who is in need? And he knows it's the Sabbath. And, and of course, Jesus has already been pretty famous for doing miracles on the Sabbath anyway. But he stops the party and he says, hey, hey, guys, let me just ask you. Because none of you guys are paying attention over here. Let me just ask you, is it okay if I heal today on the Sabbath? Is it okay with you? And they all know because he's already done it so many times that he's going to do it anyway. So it says they were silent. Nobody said anything. So he took that as permission. He went ahead and healed this man. In the face of ignored suffering, in the presence of everybody else not paying any attention to this guy, Jesus spots him. And he reaches out and he heals. See, Jesus was the most inclusive person you could ever find. He went out of his way to meet up with and hang out with those who were the disenfranchised, those that nobody had any time for, those who were in need that nobody would certainly spend any time with at all. In fact, in that culture, if you were in need, if you were hurting, there was something that you must have done. God is punishing you. If you're sick, if you got this problem, if, if you don't have any, it's all because God's punishing. There's something wrong with you. Jesus went out of his way to those people. And this story that he's telling is right in the middle of a banquet that all this stuff has already been happening. All the important people have been invited. Nobody's invited all those other people because they don't belong here. And Jesus is so incensed at it. He actually, after he heals them and he talks to them, he actually points, it's kind of an awkward dinner party because he starts pointing out, you know, you guys are all so busy finding the place of importance. You all think you're all that important. You're all looking for that place of honor. You haven't even noticed somebody in need. And not only that, when I heal him, nobody even takes the time of day to acknowledge it. In fact, he addresses him. He says this to him. He says, now, listen, when you get, instead of all this jockeying for position, he says, when you give a dinner or a luncheon, don't invite your friends, your brothers or your sisters, your relatives or your rich neighbors. Now, some of you have been looking for that verse all of your life. <laughs> some of you wish you knew this verse before the holidays. It would have given you a perfect excuse to not invite your family, okay? That's not what Jesus is saying here. He's not making a new rule saying you can't ever have any of your friends over your house. What he is saying is, I want you to understand the worth of people that can't do anything for you. See, you all jockey for position. You all think you're special. You all think that there's something about you that makes you more important than anybody else. You're not. Because if you think that way, you don't pay attention to the people that God pays attention to. 
And you need to know in the kingdom of God, it's not about jockeying for position. It's about seeing the worth in everybody. Everybody matters to God. And, and here's the point. If everybody matters to God, then everybody ought to matter to us. Because everybody matters to God. Everybody ought to matter to us. Everybody matters to God. Not just the good people. Not just the pretty good people. Not just the kind people. Not just the friendly people. Obnoxious people matter to God. Irritating people matter to God. Bad people matter to God. See, that's the point of this whole story, is that everybody matters to Him. Everybody matters to Him. And if they matter to Him, they ought to matter to us. Second thing in this story is, not only does everybody matter to God, but everybody gets the same invitation. Everybody gets the same invitation. Now, let me give you a little historical background here so you understand this. There were no clocks or timepieces or watches or any way to kind of, you know, tell time. And so you didn't, when you, when you gave a party, you didn't say, hey, the party starts at six, you know, show up. What, what, what was done was they'd send out kind of a, an invitation. It was kind of a save the date and you RSVP'd. You say, hey, I'm planning a party next Saturday. You want you to know you're invited. You were supposed to RSVP and say, yeah, I'm there. Put me down. Because that's how the host would prepare the meal, depending on how many people were coming. And because there were no timepieces, you couldn't say, like, the party starts at 6. You would just say, okay, it's, it's, it's Saturday evening, and when everything's ready, I'll send out my, my servants, and they'll, they'll come and tell you it's party time. And so that's what's happening here. At the time of the banquet, he sent a servant to tell those who, invited, who, were been in, who had been invited, come, for everything is now ready. And I want you to note something there. This is not a potluck dinner. This has all been prepared by the host. It's not, could you bring an appetizer and you bring the salad? See, all the preparations are being done by the host. And the invitations come as a gift. See, none of them deserved an invitation because it's not about them. It's about the host. And sometimes we think because we've responded to the invitation that somehow that makes us a little bit better than other people. Last summer, my wife and I, and I don't know how we got on the guest list, but somehow we got invited to a pretty exclusive deal up in the Napa Valley. And, 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 and I remember we got that invitation. I thought, well, well, that's pretty cool. And I found out only very few people got invited to this thing outside of the, the main people. And it was some pretty important people were going to be at this thing. And we got to that thing. And, you know, they just kind of whined and dined us and treated us so nice. And I just started feeling a little bit, I'm pretty special. <laughs> I got invited and all of my friends didn't. I must be special. I admit it. But the truth is, that's how every one of us feel. You, you get to do something that nobody else gets to do, and it sometimes makes you feel like, I'm just a little bit better than somebody else. And that's the problem. See, that's the problem with these guys who were first invited. They didn't understand. They, they thought they were important. They thought they, were, they got invited because they meant something. They thought they were invited because they were special. And it's like Jesus is saying to them, you're not that special. 
See, it's that mentality that fuels their excuses. It says, they all like began to make excuses. See, they thought they got to call the shots. They thought, I've been invited. I'm important. They're lucky to have me coming to their party. And if something better comes up, I'm just too important to go to their party. See, that's at the heart. It's pride that's at the heart of their excuses. They started making excuses. The first one said, I just bought a field and I must go and see it. Please excuse me. Another said, I just bought five yoke of oxen and I'm on my way to try them out. Please excuse me. The third said, I, got a, I just got married. I can't come. These are all really lame excuses and incredibly rude to have said, yes, I will be there. And to have a host prepare food enough for them to be there. And at the last minute decide, you know what? I got more important things to do. Incredibly rude. The problem was they thought they were more important. And if they had more important things to do, well, too bad, so sad for you, Mr. Host, who prepared all this meal. And, and their excuses are so lame. Who in the world buys a field without even looking at it? Especially in that culture. Who buys five oxen and then goes to see if they're really worth it? And, and who says yes to a party knowing it's going to be their wedding day? There's just a little bit of a conflict there, okay? See, at the heart of their excuses is what's at the heart of all of us. It's pride. And pride is the single greatest thing that keeps us from missing out on a life with God. And all of their excuses are just another form of pride. And they are not that special. See, see it's real easy to get into this mentality, especially if you become religious. Because religion says, I'm good, I'm upright. I obey God, therefore God owes me something. The message of grace says, you're not that special. And I don't know you a thing. But I've invited you to my party. See, Jesus is trying to get a message here. All of you who think you're that special, all of you who think you're that important, all of you that think you should be given the seat at the head of the table. You're just not that special. And if you understood God's economy at all, you would understand he loves everybody. Everybody matters to him. And everybody gets invited. And everybody gets in the same way. See, Christ followers believe that no matter how good I might be or how hard I might try, it doesn't earn me any status with God. Christ followers, truly Christ followers understand, I don't deserve a bit of this. It's only because of God's grace. See, at the foot of the cross, the ground is incredibly level. Because <laughs> nobody deserves it. Nobody can earn it. And, and just like the host of the banquet did all the preparation and did all the work. All he said was, here's the invitation. You come. And you know what that is? That's a picture of faith. It's a picture of faith. The whole thing about it is, all I got to believe is that God wants me. 
and that he's made all the preparations and that I'm invited to be a part of his family, to be a part of his kingdom, to be a part of his banquet. If I think somehow that I have earned it or deserve it, that leads to arrogance and pride. When I understand grace, there's nothing left but gratitude and mercy toward others. Every one of them got the same invitation. The, the ones who were invited first and got to save the date, they got the very same invitation that those who were out in the country lanes far, far away, complete strangers. They got the same invitation to the very same banquet. The only thing that happened with the first guys is they just got it first. They weren't more important. They were just who the, who the guy knew. <laughs> but they were no more important and no better because everybody got the same invitation and everybody got the same got in the same way. All they had to do was believe there was a party for them. See, and that's what faith is really all about. It's believing the truth about what God says. That I don't deserve to be a part of his family. I don't deserve to be into his party. I don't deserve a place in his kingdom, but he's made preparation for me anyway because he loves me. And it's not because I'm bringing the salad or the appetizer it's because Jesus did it all for me. And I just got to believe enough to show up and to say, I'd like in on the party. And I was reading this week and I, I noticed this. When the first people turned down the invitation, the instructions that he gives his servants is, he says, now go out quickly into the streets and the alleys of town. He says, go out into the neighborhood. Go, and, go, go, go all around the village and find whoever you can. Bring in the poor, the crippled, the lame, blind and the lame. All these people that wouldn't be invited to the party said, you invite them. And then he says, and, and, and there was still room. So he says, okay, we've invited everybody in town. Let's go get the travelers that are happen, happen to be passing by town. He says, now go out into the roads and the country lanes and compel them to come in so that my house will be full. Bring them in, compel them to come in. And I was thinking about that this week. That's like really strong language. I mean, the first group got invited but, but the second group, he says, no, you, no, you, you bring them. And, and in the third group, he says, no, you compel them. And I thought, well, how can you compel somebody? Why do you need to compel somebody? And then it dawned on me. This was an incredible opportunity. These people hadn't gotten the first invitation. So they wouldn't expect that they were really supposed to be there. If the servants just went out around town and just said, hey, there's a party over at Joe's house, Y'all better get over there. They wouldn't think they were invited. They needed somebody to bring them. Because this was, this was, an, this was an un, unheard of opportunity. They would not believe it was really for them unless somebody actually took them by the hand and said, no, come with me. It really is for you. You're invited. And the strangers just walking by, passing through town or you know, on the way by, by the town, there's no way in the world they would think that they would ever be invited to this party. They needed to be compelled. They needed somebody to say, no, no, it really is for you. You are invited. We want you at our party. See, that's the whole thing. And it's what we believe as a church. And it's what it's the, the foundation to who we are. That everybody matters to God. And that everybody is invited. And everybody gets in the same way. Faith in God's grace. God's love. How much faith do you need? 
just enough to be able to believe he would invite you and then come. Would you bow your heads with me? Thank you for listening to this week's message. We trust that you'll join us again soon for another uplifting message from Northgate Christian Fellowship located in Venetia, California. Thank you.